This is Shifting Our Schools, episode number 32, How to Be Successful in Rolling Out a One-to-One Program. Listen up, educators. Are you looking to take your classroom to the next level? The technological shift in education is happening right now. If you're looking to integrate technology into your classroom, you're in the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Welcome back to Shifting Our Schools podcast. Happy New Year's to you all, and thank you once again for listening to us. I hope you got uh, some kind of break over the holiday season and uh, were able to maybe do some traveling or spend some time with some family, whatever it was for you. I personally got to spend a lot of time with family, uh, had my nephew here, and uh, my goddaughters came over for a couple of days, so it was great. Got to stay at home, didn't have to travel anywhere, so that's always that's always good in my book when I don't have to do the traveling, so... Um, so it was great. So hopefully everybody had a happy and safe new year and we're back, back at it, getting back in it here at school. Uh, the episode this week is really a conversation between, uh, Kim Cofino, Ben Sheridan and Clint Hamada, who were able to get together at the recent learning Two conference in Shanghai. And they had some time to sit down and talk about their experiences about rolling out a one-to-one program. And I think the thing I love about this conversation is that it's not just about one-to-one, is this is a conversation, the the nuggets that they share um, can happen in any school where we're giving out devices. And here's the thing, even if you've already gone one-to-one or you've given out devices, the next cycle of turnover of devices is right around the corner. So there's a lot of things in here I think we can really dig into and hopefully take away from um, both or from Kim, Ben, and and Clint as they've all uh, rolled out successful one-to-one programs. I was supposed to be there uh, to have this conversation with them as well, but I missed my plane to Shanghai. Um, how does somebody who's almost flown 1.6 million miles uh, miss a plane? It's the only plane I've ever missed. And uh, that's a story for another time, but uh, I wasn't there, but they still were able to have a great conversation. And I wanted to start the new year off with just some really really great uh, nuggets of things that we need to think about when we're putting devices in the hands uh, of kids. So without further ado, here is Kim, Ben, and Clint. I'm Kim, and I'm here at Learning 2 with two of my favorite people. Hi, I'm Clint. Hi, I'm Ben. And we're here to talk about the essentials for one-to-one success in your school. What do you need to have in place to build a successful one-to-one program? And all three of us have experience in a number of schools going one-to-one. So we have a lot of different things that we can kind of draw from. Who wants to start? Go ahead, Clint. All right, Clint. I was talking to Kim earlier today, and I think probably the single most important thing for me, idea of student agency. I think students need to, need to find a way to give students ownership of that program. Um, that doesn't mean, you know, they get to to run the program, but they need to feel like they're really involved, that they get to make some choices, that they have ownership over the machines and what they're doing with the machines so that they're not just seeing it as a school device to do mm-hmm. schoolwork. They're seeing it as a device, and it's a learning device that they can use all the time. Sometimes they'll be in school. Sometimes they won't be in school. Okay. I think you hit on such a really good point of that feeling ownership over our learning not only the actual learning that's happening in the classroom, but the learning that I can do on my device. And it's something that at schools start out, they're really nervous that kids are going to like install something bad or something bad is going to happen to the device. But really, if they have the ownership over their device, they will make good choices. And you need to build that into your program. How do you teach students to make good choices? And you can only do that if students are empowered 
with their own device. And I think that idea of empowerment and maybe the agreements that you have with students about the purpose of the, the device and making sure that they understand the purpose and that, you know, accepting that there are going to be mistakes made and those are learning opportunities for those students yes. um, and to treat them as learning opportunities, you know, unless it's something that's really egregious, obviously. But, um, you know, we all make mistakes. We all learn from those mistakes. And this is an opportunity to give those students a safety net to make those mistakes in a safe environment um, where they can learn from it, where they can get support so that years down the road when they're on their own, university, adulthood, they've had an opportunity and they've had that guidance. And I think that kind of connects with another idea that's really important to me. You're talking about student agency and student empowerment. I think parents being involved in the process is really important as well. Yeah, Yeah, actually from before even actually, because I think a lot of the anxieties that teachers have Parents, it's like up, yes. you know, 10 times higher. Mm-hmm. So I think um, preloading a lot of the, um, or engaging with your parent community well ahead of time to sort of address these issues rather than when they pop up where, where it becomes a problem. Yeah. Sort of give them the tools because parents approach it as, you know, they just want to do their job the best they can. And this is sort of new for a lot of people. So you got to give them the tools to do the job well. They articulate you know, why we're doing this, but mm-hmm. also how we're going to help them do what they need to do as parents in this, when they have, the kids have these technology. And I think we often start as schools and teachers and individuals within the organization being worried about how the tools are going to work, like the technology piece of it, the wireless mm-hmm. access, the whether or not they'll be able to do their software updates or whatever, all those like hardware related things. But actually this parent engagement piece and this piece of helping parents understand how to support their child with their learning and the piece of empowering students mm-hmm. is so much more important than whether or not the technology technology we have available today, it's going to work just fine. Right. Don't worry about that part. Yeah. Worry about the people part. I mean, more and more the one-to-one initiatives aren't technology initiatives, they're community initiatives. Yes. Right. And I think something that worked well for us when we were at Yokohama, at Yokohama International School was giving parents a framework and saying, these are the things that we do at school and if you don't have an idea of how to do that at home, just parallel the structures that we have to start with. So we're saying we are giving you parents support to think about how you can think about it. And, and one of the things that we've just done at my current school in Beijing was with our grade sixes, we had them almost ri- start writing the agreements, mm. their family agreements. Oh, yeah, and actually, yeah. and actually we, had it, we had it as a, a negotiation, like what is it that you want? What is it you think your parents are going to want? And think about what's like a common middle ground so that they went into that conversation with their parents empowered and ready to have that conversation. And we really took it as an opportunity. And I think a lot of our families took it as an opportunity to really have that conversation about their concerns, about their expectations. So once that is laid out, then the focus really can be on the tool and on the learning. And you're not always worried about, oh, what's Johnny doing up? You know, should he have his computer in his room? What time did we have those conversations and we have maybe some logical consequences based on that? And I think that takes a lot of stress out of the community so that the focus can be on the learning. Yeah. And I think too, we're, we're, you know, there's the, the teacher because we're asking them to change what they do and how they do it. Mm-hmm. And so we have to put the supports in place there as well. Yep. But we also um, you know, have to identify 
you know, we have all the, the great intentions when we move forward and we're moving forward with like the, the best intentions, but sometimes it doesn't always translate. You know, there are things that come up that you could not have foreseen. And so you have to have some sort of feedback loop built in. So where you're consistently gathering information from all the different parties, from the students, from the parents, from the teachers to see what are the, what are the pain points and where do you need to provide additional resources mm-hmm. to actually realize that vision you set out at the beginning. Right. And I think you just hit on a really important thing that we haven't talked about yet is the vision for what is going to happen with these devices. That vision needs to be transparent, not just to teachers, but also to families and to students. Um, And I think that vision being transparent, being created with the input from all stakeholders and then transparent to every member of the community is like the number one kind of bedrock foundational element for one-to-one success. I, I mean, that's the success the bedrock of success of any initiative, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's your school vision and mission and being able to say, this is what we believe about our school environment. This is what we believe about learning. Um, This is what we think learning is and what learning isn't. Um, And this is an initiative that is supporting that, not the cart before the horse. Mm -hmm. We have computers now. Let's think about what that means. Hopefully you've thought about what it is you're trying to accomplish first, right? And then start with the why and then move into the how afterwards. And the challenge for a lot of schools is the financial piece of actually Mm -hmm. buying all those devices. So sometimes the financial piece ends up coming before the vision piece because we don't want to invest all this time in vision till we have the devices. And that's when you get that kind of shaky ground where it's not really clear. We have all these devices, but we're not really sure what we're using them for. But the biggest investment has to be PD. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. We can put thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars into the devices, but if we're not giving support to the teachers and not giving support to the parents and not giving support to the students to use those devices, it's not going to be as effective as it can be. And what kind of PD do you guys think? Like, I know a lot of schools will start and have tech PD. Do you think that the tech PD is the way to really make this one-to-one program successful? Or is there some other kind of development for teachers specifically? Well, I think it's like the, you know, what's the, I guess probably there's different phases, right? You know, what's the day-to-day thing that you need to help teachers with that's going to alleviate some anxiety or help them just sort of get through the day? Phase one, right? And then phase two is how do you create sort of the learning experiences that you want the students to engage with on a broader scale? Yeah. You know, and that's when you're really leveraging that those tools that you have available to you. And, you know, what you'll hear is transformational learning experiences. But again, a lot of people haven't defined what that means or a lot of people haven't thought about what that's going to mean for their assessments or for their classroom management or for homework, you know. And so a lot of that PD needs to be focused on learning and innovation, right, and how technology supports access to technology, access to information, supports that, not just we can put bullet points or we know how to bold or we know how to use, you know, Quizlet or Poplet or any of those tools. Those tools are great, but the focus isn't on the tools. The focus is on the outcome. Yeah, absolutely. I like this idea of like phase professional development. Like Mm -hmm. there has to be that piece where teachers feel efficient Mm -hmm. and comfortable and like a powerful user of their device Mm -hmm. so they can be competent in front of their teachers. You have to have the idea that you have power over something that that something has power over you. And a lot of teachers have that like, fear of technology because they feel powerless Yeah, because it's nothing brings you to your knees quicker than like something that's not working. Yes. And teachers are used to having to feel powerful and they have, you know, all these people in their room, they got to know what they're doing. They got to have everything lined up. 
And then like nothing brings you to your knees quicker, right? Yeah. So I think that's really important. So there's that first piece of the technology skills, which can probably even happen before your one-to-one. And Mm -hmm. then when you're one-to-one or as you're transitioning to that one-to-one phase, that's when you get into this transformational Mm -hmm. learning and understanding what that looks like. And that can continue to grow over time. Like to me, that's something that never stops. We're always learning new technology skills, but even more than that, we're always learning how to empower our students to be innovative, creative, you know, authentic thinkers who share with a wide audience. And hopefully we're constantly refining what that means and what that looks like. Just because it worked for me three years ago yes. doesn't mean it's necessarily appropriate and the access and the level of skill and interest that my students have this year. So I can take those concepts of what I'm trying to accomplish, but it's a constant refinement of what it actually looks like in practice this year, next year. Um, and so, you know, you're never, you're never finished, unfortunately, yes. and that, that's scary for a lot of people. Um, but I think that's also, it has a lot of payoff when you're like, oh, that, that was a, a great unit that we put together and we, you know, use those tools and we use um, the, the technology for a purpose mm-hmm. and we can see what we've accomplished. Um, and that feels really good. Yep. So that was three of our really critical elements for building a successful one-to-one program. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit sospodcast.org, facebook.com slash Jeff Udick, and on Twitter at judick. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.